welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Today you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack, and thank you so much for tuning in for what is now actually going to be a new podcast series that Jack and I are going to be doing in conjunction with our weekly Q&As and guest interviews. So as I'm sure you can see from the title of this podcast episode, it is called The Road to 2021. So the exciting news is, is that Jack and I both have our sights on competing in 2021, and we want to take you guys along the journey with us, which means, you know, taking you through our improvement season, taking you through our comp prep, you know, just really giving you those weekly updates on our journey, which should be super exciting. Yeah, we can't wait. It's definitely, Tara did a small series herself for her competition prep and now we wanted to do one together since we'll definitely both be competing next year. We still haven't decided which seasons. Uh, we might even do different seasons if that's what's going to be best for us competing. And yeah, we're going to break it down into like what, how we're currently training at the moment, our diets, of course, the whole prep experience. And yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, it should be epic, guys. And uh, get ready for the dirty details. So, you know, every single week we'll be giving you updates on our training, on our nutrition, you know, body weight, body composition, you know, macros, all of that jazz, just emotions too, just absolutely everything. So um, you're in for a real treat here. <laughs> yeah, I think all of these details will be unique to us, of course, but like who doesn't like hearing about other people's journeys. And I think, I don't know, I, I might be speaking for other people, but I always look for, oh, what is his macros? What is his current body weight? How does he look at this body weight? What, how is he training and or she? And like, that's not always right because you can't always gather details about yourself from other people, but it is always, it's just human nature to be interested in what other people are doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'm always curious what other people are up to. And like, I understand and I totally respect that some people, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's right to say that they keep it a secret, you know, but they say like, oh, I don't want to tell other people my macros, you know, because those are unique to me and they're unique to my genetics and my energy expenditure. And I, like, I don't know, I don't want to tell people my training split because I don't want people to know that I'm training glutes, you know, three times a week or <laughs> whatever it is. And fully, I respect that. But at the same time, I'm certainly one of those people who I'm just curious. I want to know what other people are up to. You know, I want to know those details. And I think a lot of people are the same. And I'm certainly not one of those people who's like, oh man, you know, they're eating this. That means that I should eat that. Or, you know, they're eating this. So why can't I eat that? I'm just, I just kind of want to know, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't see anything wrong with it either. And, um, yeah, I think everyone's going to like hearing about what we're doing, mm -hmm. especially the copious amount of carbs that you can eat both in your improvement season and hopefully your comp prep as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be exciting because, yeah, at the moment, I'm looking forward to any reduction in carbohydrates. So. Jeez, well, you're one of a kind in that sense. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, you know, moving forward, Jack and I, without a doubt, we are in our improvement season right now. And certainly we are heading towards competing in 2021. But like Jack said, you know, just given all the uncertainty going on right now with COVID-19, unfortunately, we can't set a very specific plan for whether or not we're going to compete in season A or season B, just because 
again, there's so much uncertainty, like show dates haven't even been released, you know, potentially if we wanted to do international shows, who even knows if we can travel internationally by this time next year. So we really don't know. And that's unfortunate, you know, because as bodybuilders, you always want to have a solid plan in place and you always want to be forecasting way forward into the future. Yeah, personally, I'm not too worried about the circumstances for next year because I think we can we know that there will be a season A, there will be a season B unless something uh, big happens, which I, I think is unlikely. But for me, it's more about I sort of started my gaining phase uh, kind of intensely again in January of, of this year. Basically, from September to January last year, I had like a tricep tendonitis and then a hip issue on top of that so I wasn't I was training suboptimally my weight was pretty stable and yeah so basically my plan for this year and sort of this will determine when I compete either season A or season B is if I chose season A I would probably have to start dieting in October and that means I still need to do a mini cut before then and a maintenance phase and that I mean I'll probably have to start mini cutting in June um, mini cut until probably August and then maintain until October, uh, which is, and ideally I like uh, longer to gain because I think I'm making great progress at the moment. So potentially if I did season B, that would mean starting much later in the year, um, having a longer gaining phase. Yeah. And actually season B, I'd be starting the proper diet in April of 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, it always obviously pays off to have more time, you know, because we're always thinking like, man, if I just give myself a little bit longer, I'm going to be better. And of course, because we're both still young, you know, we're both still 22. So we got decades ahead of us. But that's the thing, man, you know, like, I think personally, like if you do get into that headspace of, oh, I'll just wait a little bit longer, I'll just wait a little bit longer. Like, obviously we know that you're not going to be your best until you are probably, you know, 40 or 50 years old if you're bodybuilding year 50. after year. Dude, you're gonna be on stage when you're 50, you'll be. <laughs> I don't think I'll be in my prime though. I think no. early 40s. Okay, early 40s, but that's still what, 20 years away? But you know, like, I, I just personally think that, you know, like Jack, you've given yourself how like you competed over two years, like two years ago now. Right. So even if you compete next year, that's still three years. That's a really freaking decent time mm. away from the stage. And it is, but it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And yeah, we could argue about this the whole podcast. I know but we have this discussion all the time. I'm like, Jack, you just got to get on stage again. You know, it's been two years. It's been three years. Like, obviously you're not, you're going to be your best if you waited 10 years, but you love this. Why do you want to wait 10 years? <laughs> yeah, personally, I just want to feel like I'm, I don't necessarily want to get up there as my best because I know that's just going to, um, I'm going to keep getting better with time, but it's more, I want to feel like, okay, I've stayed injury free for X amount of time. I really feel like I've put in enough effort and I feel like I look my best, um, as good as I should be looking at this point. And I don't know, I, I probably will never reach that stage, but mm -hmm. I definitely don't feel like there is, I'm there now because I talk a lot about injury, but I have been injured for in the last two years. I've been injured for a year of that. So, mm -hmm. and I, everyone gets injured, um, but it is just, it's always been frustration of mine and yeah, I'm injury free touch wood at the moment so hopefully it stays that way yeah well that's why i'm here as your second pair of eyes and you know despite the setbacks that you've had over the last two years 
the comebacks have definitely been stronger. Like, guys, just go onto Jack's Instagram page and check out his most recent improvement season update photos at over 91 kilograms. Dude, you've never looked better. And you're over 91 kilograms. You're, you're closing in on that dream number of mine, 100 kilograms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only nine kilos to go. Oh, boy. Okay, so, Jack, you know, give the listeners an update. What's, like, you know... You in your improvement season right now, what's going on, you know, in terms of training, nutrition, body composition? So I would recommend um, following my Instagram because I do post a lot of updates there. But of course, we'll be talking everything in detail here as well. So yeah, my current improvement season, as Tira said, I competed in 2018. So that finished in around May, um, early May. So yeah, it's been quite a long improvement season so far to give a very quick rundown basically i had a back injury from about june 2018 to didn't get resolved really until february 2019 and in february i started training complete like pretty much everything again uh there was a bit of a process of getting back into squats getting back into rdls um, but i gained strength very quickly put on a lot of Um, I probably gained like five or six kilos of muscle in like five or six months purely because I put on a lot of muscle memory back on. That was a pretty crazy period. Um, And that ended probably in around July or August of 2019. And then, excuse me, in September, I did a mini cut, um, which sort of turned into a bit of a process because I got injured as well. So I basically did a mini cut and then maintained my body weight of around 86 kilos, 87, um, which wasn't very optimal until around January. And then January to now, I've basically been training well again. Mm. So Training well and eating well. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I've, I've always naturally been someone who has a fairly um, high metabolism, if you want to call it that. I'm a pretty sedentary person compared to someone like Tierra, probably average at like six to 10 K steps a day. Actually, no, we actually busted this myth because uh, I I have an old like uh, Garmin watch, right? And Jack hasn't been wearing a Fitbit for a while. So we always kind of just assumed because it kind of just looks like he's kind of sitting down most of the day. So we're like, man, your steps must be pretty low. But Jack started wearing this watch to actually track his steps and Dude, your steps are at like 10K almost every single day. and Yeah, but we've been going walking. Yeah, we've been going for like one... Well, Jack goes on like one walk a day with me with the dogs. But the thing is, Jack actually paces around the house. Like when you're brushing your teeth or, you know, when you're on a phone call or just like on Instagram or something, like Jack's always doing like tiny little laps of the house. And I've kind of noticed this, but I didn't know it was this significant. And man, you're racking up thousands of steps. (laughs) I don't think it's as big as Tierra indicates. Like it's... It is. The watch is proof. (laughs) We have a step count now, you know, that is an objective measure. (laughs) Yeah, recently it's been probably eight to nine K and um, I think as soon as I put the watch on though, I could have sort of subconsciously started doing more steps because mm, that's just how my maybe. mind works. But um, <laughs> yeah, in terms of, I guess let's touch on nutrition. So um, but even in my mini cut, I, I don't think I got lower than um, 500 carbs and about 65 fat and 250 protein. And now it's climbed up to... Um, before it was about 800 carb, um, 80 fat and 275 protein. And now it's, um, about 650 to 700 
actually no 650 to 750 carb uh 275 protein 80 fat Mm -hmm. and yeah that's um i've actually been maintaining a little bit over the last month uh, because i gained about three kilos in one month um that was around like january to february um mainly because training performance was really good again gaining back um lost muscle especially in my chest and shoulders from having the tricep tendonitis and yeah everything's been going fairly well yeah, just main trying to stay on top of a couple of niggles at the moment in my hamstring, and yeah, try otherwise. Other than that, things have been well, mm. and I do see a physio at least probably once a month or every four to six weeks, and that's uh, Scott from Effectus Physio, who mm-hmm. we actually want to get on the podcast soon. But he just helps me. I just basically tell him what's up. He says, "Okay, you can do this or stop doing this," and I find that it it works really well for me because. I'm actually one of those people who enjoy kind of having a coach and I don't have a coach for my training at the moment, but I do like basically talking to a physio and him saying, okay, because he's a powerlifter himself. He's very experienced. He says, okay, do this, don't do that, do these exercises. And I find that really helps, especially with my peace of mind as well. So basically telling myself, okay, I've had the professional opinion, just do what he says and it'll be okay. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you have Scott because certainly I am no replacement for a physio because <laughs> Jack will tell me, you know, he's like, man, I got this niggle. And then like every time I see him, he's like on a trigger ball or, you know, foam rolling or stretching. And I'm just like, leave it alone. Like stop poking and prodding at it. It's not going to get any better if you don't just let it be. But you know, obviously the physios know best. That's just... <laughs> if, it, I, if it's like a broken bone, sure. If you're prodding a broken bone or it's, if you're stretching a strained muscle, then it's going to get worse. But fortunately, those aren't my sort of injuries. My yeah. injuries are more sort of tendon-based, which are either from overuse or like an imbalance, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So Something way outside my scope. Yes. I'll, I'll stick to the nutrients. <laughs> and yeah, in terms of... Uh, so my current goal with body weight is just about a kilo per month and yeah if you want to see current um, photos of my body comp again head over to my instagram and i think i probably have at least like another two to three kilos left before i call a mini cut because i do have to keep in mind that my goal is um, competing of course so i can't let um, body fat get out get out of hand and to be honest though in the past it's more i've always been a little bit body dysmorphic in the sense that I'll think I'm uh, my body fat's too high when in fact I can continue pushing for longer. So, <laughs> like yesterday, I took a photo of Jack for his improvement season, and it's very clear that he still has visible abs. And he's like, I I can't. He like did the squinty eyes, and he's like, I can't tell. Like, are, are those just my fat rolls bunching? And I'm like, Jack. <laughs> You do not have like six defined fat rolls that bunch perfectly so that they resemble abs, okay? Those are abdominals, my friend. <laughs> so again, so. It, I definitely do say so. Like, that's good why we just have each other here, you know, as a second pair of eyes. Because, you know, just especially as bodybuilders, if you're looking at it like yourself just too much, you know, your eyes just do become a little bit skewed. So it's nice to have someone say like, man, you're looking good today. <laughs> Yeah, definitely one of my weak points is, yeah, not recognizing progress and yeah, like, uh, cause I look on photos like a year or so ago and I say, I, but it's just normal self-doubt that everyone mm-hmm. has, but. But again, I think it's because as well, you look at photos of yourself from when you were leaner, but also at the same time, you might've been five or six kilograms lighter. 
again, you know, it's an illusion sport, but as well, you haven't competed now for quite a number of years. You don't truly know, you can't truly see just how much muscle you've built until you do do a proper comp prep next time, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay, so how much, like, how much are you weighing right now? I weighed 91 kilos this morning. Damn, nice. <laughs> so I, the last thing to talk about is just training. So uh, since we've been training at home, we have a home gym set up. I've switched. I was actually doing three upper, two lower for for since 2018, really. And I would ba- what I would do is do basically two upper days, which are fairly intense, like more lower back loading, um, more heavier pressing, and two lower days, which of course like back squat on one day, RDLs on the other day. So again, pretty intense. And the third upper day would be more of like a, a weak point day where I do um, for like for chest, I'll do chest fly. For back, I'll do pullovers, um, like shoulders, I'll do upright row and then put more arm volume on that day. So it'd kind of be a day where I'm feeling pretty wrecked, but I can just go in and do more accessory based exercises, which worked really well for me. And like starting off with an accessory, like you can actually put so much more energy into it as opposed to um, put chucking at the end of your session and might turn into more junk volume. So I've actually switched that now to, because I just don't have enough diversity in equipment to do a, a third upper day. So I do um, an upper, lower, and then um, pull, push legs. And that's, yeah, I've been enjoying that so far. Just got to be a little bit careful with um, how I distribute volume. And yeah, it's been going well. Great. Yeah, you're you're looking fantastic. And I certainly think that, you know, we have all the equipment we really need right now to keep improving, you know, our yep. little home gym setup, like, you know, our, our two benches, our little lap pull down machine, we've got a barbell, some dumbbells and a bunch of weights and a squat rack. Like we really have what we need and we can use our resources to our full potential to keep growing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it does mean a lot more unilateral exercises for me. So like mm-hmm. single leg stuff on leg day, beast on hip thrust, single arm rows, single arm lap pull down, single chest fly. Yeah, and we really do have to make sure to not go too heavy. Well, at least not so much for me, but more like Jack with his like 160 kilogram RDLs and squats and stuff like that, because we do live in a Queenslander and it is up on beams and the other day, Jack was like, Tierra, you got to take a look under the house because I think one of the beams are bending and <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it looks too bad. You know, like maybe there's a slight bend in the wood, but, uh, yeah, certainly. I think we just have to be smarter about how we distribute weight. So like, you know, like we might RDL in one place one day and then squat in another place the other day, just so that there's not always this huge amount of weight going up and down in this one singular spot on the mm. floor. Because Well, if there are any engineers uh, or builders, let us know yeah. how much a typical Queenslander can hold. Yeah, that would actually be really, really helpful because, uh, dude, I want my bond money back. And <laughs> it wouldn't be good if we had to like rebuild an entire room and then explain ourselves like, Oh, sorry, we built a gym and then we were so strong. We fell through the floor. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but <laughs> no, yeah, we, don't, don't fair, underestimate yourself, man. Your RDLs might get real heavy. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't take a photo of the beam prior to training. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would have been smart. Yeah. We need to take progress photos of our beam. <laughs> But how has everything been for you since prep finished? Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Uh, I think it's been about, it's been just about four weeks now, guys, since I found out that 
all of the season A shows were going to be canceled. And that kind of just shows, geez Louise, how fast time has gone and uh, you know how much has changed in the last four weeks. But when I ended my comp prep, you know, I was sitting around 57.9, around that 58 kilogram mark, right? Which was my stage weight for the IFBB show. And when we talk about the recovery diet, right? We talk about gaining five to 10% of your stage body weight within the first four to six weeks. And right now I am sitting at 60.3 kilograms and I've actually been holding 60.3 kilograms exactly for the past few days, which is pretty cool. But you know, if you take, uh, let's say 57.9, right? 5% of that would be 2.9 kilograms. And then 10% of that would be 5.8 kilograms. So let's say that I'm up from, you know, 57.9 all the way up to 60.3 kilograms. Now that's 2.4 kilograms in just about four weeks. So if I wanted to reach that 5%, you know, I do need to gain what, like another 400 grams or something. So, um, <laughs> uh, and I've still got to get, I guess, two weeks to do that if I want to specifically stick to the guidelines. But to be honest, you know, I am on that lower end for my recovery right now, but we do have to remember that, you know, these things are going to be very individual and the way that you exit a comp prep is going to be very unique to you. And the five to 10%, you know, of your body weight within the first four to six weeks, those are awesome guidelines, but remember they are guidelines, you know? So it's still going to be, you know, a little, um, a little over or a little under, but it's also just about how lean you finish. So like a bodybuilder yeah. is like, I can guarantee next time I'm going to do more than 10% because of how crap I felt after yeah. like my last show. Exactly. And like, I felt, I felt pretty darn good at the end of my comp prep. You know, I ended, I was in the middle of a week long diet break and I was starting to reverse. And I can confidently say that I just took care of myself during my comp prep. And Dude, I can't kid myself. Like I was lean, but I wasn't that lean. I wasn't like Shezza Cherry or I wasn't Brandon Kempter lean, okay? I was just Tierra Nelson lean. <laughs> so like I wasn't like literally like skin. <laughs> so um yeah, I I'm actually feeling really really good now. So right now, yeah, pretty much 4 weeks. It's difficult to say post comp because I guess if you go back to the only competition I did, I'm actually six weeks technically now post comp, but I'm four weeks post ending comp, <laughs> if that makes sense. But regardless, dude, I feel really good right now. So yeah, obviously body weight is up, but strength is up as well. Energy levels are up, libido's up. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> Jack's smiling right now, but, um, <laughs> no, I feel, I feel phenomenal right now. And my macros at the moment, they've actually been the same for about two weeks now. Um, I'm on 375 grams of carbs, 40 grams of fat, and my protein's actually pretty high. My protein's actually around 180 grams right now. And obviously I know it doesn't need to be that high. It's sitting around that three gram per kilogram mark, but I just love having a high protein diet. I love high protein containing foods. So, you know, if I want to have, you know, more protein in my protein cake, or if I want to have a protein cake instead of just having cream of wheat and oats, or if I want more yogurt, dude, I'm going to have some more of that food because 
it's not the end of the world, right? And I love it. So yeah, I'm eating a lot of protein at the moment, but it's sitting around 2,600 calories. And I think that's a pretty sweet spot for me right now, you know, to just very slowly and incrementally gain weight. But you know, I've gained 2.4 kilograms now for my stage weight. The lowest I got down to during prep when I was, you know, pretty darn depleted after like four low carb days, I was down to 57.6 kilograms. So that's the lowest actual scale weight I got down to. Definitely not by best look, just so depleted and flat and stringy. Um, but yeah, so feeling really good right now. And man, you know, I'm just feeling so strong because the reality is, you know, during prep, I didn't actually lose strength. I was actually able to maintain my strength, which was pretty darn cool across all of my major compound lifts. So, you know, I was on my OHP, on my bench, on my RDLs, hip thrusts, pretty much able to maintain that baseline strength throughout prep, despite losing, you know, around 10 kilograms during prep. But the thing is, is that although I didn't lose strength, I didn't gain strength either. And probably out of, you know, the six to seven months of my prep, I was probably plateaued with my strength for a solid like four months, which, you know, it just gets repetitive, you know, going into the gym and you're just pretty much trying to match numbers, but you can't actually push heavier weights. And that's one of the feelings I love the most about training is just feeling strong. You can totally attest to this, right, Jack? Just like mm. being able to push more weight than you did the week prior. Like, man, it's one of the best feelings in the world, but I didn't get to experience that for literally like four months or more, you know, like a good third of a year. But now every single week, you know, I'm able to put more weight on our little home gym barbell, you know, or the dumbbells. And I'm able to do more reps. And I even have the energy if I wanted to, to do like an extra set. It just feels freaking phenomenal to have my strength climbing again. So it's good. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much where nutrition is. That's pretty much where um, body weight is. Jack and I are still taking skin folds every single month uh, just to track, you know, in accordance with our progress photos, our scale weight, and also just, you know, our, our skin folds and in terms of our subcutaneous fat. So that's uh, something else that we're tracking too. And I think my skin folds, despite gaining this weight, they've only gone up like what it might have been, only been like two mils or something. Mm. So very low. Yeah, it's it's good. I I feel like I feel so much better. I feel so much fuller just being full of glycogen every single day. And I'm not gonna lie, I think I'm looking way better. You know, like my quads have seriously filled out so much. My glutes have filled out so much because by the, the end, glute meads especially the glute meads. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. You know, like at the end of prep, my legs were just getting stringy, man. Like I was just pretty much getting stringy. And now it's just so nice to just look full. And uh, yeah. So what are your plans until next year then? So pretty much until next year. So right now I like the body weight that I'm at now, you know, and I think from here on, I'm going to aim to gain um, pretty conservatively. I think 0.5% of my body weight per month because, you know, so right now, let's say that I am 60 kilograms, right? 0.5% of that per month would be around 300 grams, which doesn't sound like much, but across, let's say an entire year, 300 grams times 12, that's 3.6 kilograms, you know, on top of my 60.3 kilograms right now, 
that's going to get me close up to 64 kilograms, which I think is actually a pretty good amount of weight for me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I pushed my body weight up just too high last year. I got up to, I got up to 71 kilograms and that was just unnecessary, man, you know? And at the same time, I started my comp prep at 68 kilograms and, you know, obviously I lost that weight. I got into the best condition of my life, but it was a long ass comp prep. And I just learned, especially because I was able to continue to build strength for a few months and actually then maintain my strength, you know, holding on to that extra weight and just extra body fat, it was just unnecessary. It wasn't, it wasn't adding any productivity to my training or my physique. So it's not necessary to get that heavy again. So I think max what I want to reach in this next year for an improvement season is 64 kilograms. Staying conservative, you know, obviously still slowly gaining weight, but just doing it in conjunction with, you know, strength gains as well, just to really maximize, you know, my potential to just put on muscle mass, but not gain too much body fat because Again, I'm, I'm not planning on having another two years off from stage. I probably want another year off from stage. And I think that's, I think that's a fine choice for where I am right now, especially considering I didn't get to take full advantage of this uh, season, right? I was going to do six shows. I was only able to do one, went through an entire comp prep, and then it was just ripped out from under me. So man, I'm just really determined to get back on stage again. So I think that's, that's a pretty good way to approach it. Get up to 64. That way as well, I have more time for an improvement season because I learned so much from this past comp prep, you know, in terms of how much time do I need, you know, in order to lose a certain amount of weight, what will be my stage weight? My stage weight is probably going to be around 58 kilograms again. So if I only get up to 64 instead of 68, that's going to cut off quite a few weeks of which I'll actually need to be in prep. That way I can actually still be in my improvement season then. So yeah, just taking a more conservative route, but regardless, uh, like I'm just trying to look at this as a blessing in disguise. And I'm just like, I'm just excited to, when I do get it back up on stage, I'm going to look even better. I'm going to present even better. And it's just going to be even more special because I'll just be so freaking grateful to actually have the opportunity to compete and it won't be stripped away from me. Like it was unfortunately this season. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great plan and especially starting four kilos lighter yet probably having more muscle, it'll, it'll be, you won't have to prep for as long, like potentially that'll cut six to eight weeks off. Mm -hmm. Let's hope so. And, uh, that means that you're probably going to be in prep a solid, probably like month or two before I enter prep. So (laughs) (laughs) that'll be, if we do the same season. Yeah. I'm hoping that we will, because, you know, I think that would be just so cool to be able to experience that again, especially, you know three years later compared to the very first time we competed together. So man, it, it, it would be pretty neat. It would be challenging, but it would be, it would be a really cool experience to share. And uh, so you haven't discussed your training split yet. Yeah. So my training, so it has changed. Uh, I want to say a little, but it's probably changed a lot because Jack and I have now moved into our own little home gym, but Compared to, you know, my split before as a whole, I was doing three lower and two upper body days, 
but now I've actually swapped into doing two lower, two upper, and one full body day, which I'm really enjoying. And uh, Jack and I still, we still have our rest days on the same days, Wednesdays and Sundays. You know, we're still trying to keep in pretty much the same routine as we were pre-COVID. I think, you know, just for mental health reasons and just, you know, for keeping some sanity and just keeping that routine, I think it's so important to still have routine. So we still train in the afternoon, you know, we still do our work at the same time each day. Yeah. But, um, in terms of my training split, so yeah, two lower, two upper and a full body day, really, really enjoying it. And obviously because we don't have access to quite the same equipment as we did at world's gym, Brisbane, you know, so, you know, I don't have a trap bar anymore. We don't have a leg press. We don't have a V squat or a hack squat or a Smith machine. We've got like this funky little machine attached to our bench that does like leg extension and leg curl. Like it's pretty funky. It's obviously not the best, but it gets the job it done. The leg. It extends and curls the leg. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've had to make quite a few modifications to my program in that sense for lower body movements. So now I'm doing things like front squats. I'm doing things like barbell lunges. I'm doing heel elevated like goblet squats. Even with hip thrusts, those have had to change a bit because uh, one, Jack and I just, we can't go as heavy on our floor. You know, we can't be doing 140 kilogram plus hip thrusts, you know, from the floor because again, we will break the floor. So, you know, we have lowered the weight quite a bit, but we're doing things like, uh, B stands, just constant tension, hip thrust, still getting that stimulus, but just in a way that we're able to use less weight and also our bench as well. If we put our bench right up, it's way too tall to do hip thrusts on, right? You'll just get a heck of a lot of lower back pain, but at the same time you can lower it down, but then it's like really low. So right now we're doing like an in-between, it's almost like a, um, glute bridge from the ground, you know, where you're just laying flat on the ground and you're pulsing up with the barbell on your hips. It's like an in-between that and a barbell hip thrust. But again, it gets the job done. And uh, Jack did compliment me before on my glute means. <laughs> I think, you know, certainly from the IFBB show and getting my stage photos back, it was very clear that I really needed to do more glute mead work, you know, just essentially so that it gave my glutes the illusion that they look much bigger, but also just to grow them bigger, mm. right? Um, but, an important muscle group anyway. Yeah, of course. Well, every muscle is an important muscle group, right? But especially for IFBB bikini, glute meads are very important. But, you know, just... I mean, from a functionality standpoint as well. Yes, and, and all the functions. <laughs> but, man, I'm just really happy with, you know, since I exited comp prep and started this new routine, you know, just started incorporating more exercises like the front squats, like the lunges, like banded hip thrusts, all this stuff. My glutes have just gained so much fullness. It makes me so excited and I'm really enjoying those movements and almost sometimes it's, it's frustrating because I literally only feel movements in my glutes, especially when I'm trying to target my quads. Like my quads are my weakest muscle group, you know, from probably not just a strength standpoint, but just a visual standpoint, you know, they're probably the most underdeveloped muscle group on my body. And even when I'm doing things like front squats and lunges and all this stuff, I still only feel things in my glutes and my adductors and even my hamstrings too. Like, 
But you, uh, that's hard. I know it's just, no. I'm talking about more not for front squats. I don't feel in my hamstrings like biomechanically. That's not how it works. But like lunges, you know. Um, but yeah, the thing is, is that I know obviously my quads are working. Like I can't physically perform a front squat without engaging my quads. But and I know from a visual standpoint now because I'm starting to do more of these movements, my quads are clearly growing and they're gaining a lot more fullness and I can see that in my progress photos and my exercise videos. So I kind of just have to accept I'm like, all right, I can't really feel them, but I know they're working. And I know that's strange, but I just got to I just got to roll with it right now. I think Probably as they develop more muscle, Jack, mm. would you imagine that? what I that... found with my back, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel my back about 10 times more than yeah. previously. Yeah, and a lot of people, yeah, like you said, your back. So are you talking about like your lower back or your whole back? Whole back, yeah. yeah. I think that's, especially, you know, coaching a lot of PT clients and stuff at the very beginning, if someone's a, a new beginner, especially like you put them on a lat pull-down machine and you put your hands under their armpits, you're like, you're meant to feel it here. Do you feel it on your lats? And like, nah, I just feel it in my arm you know like it's about obviously getting more used to that movement pattern and performing it but I do think that when you do have more muscle in a certain area you certainly are able to get a better mind muscle connection so makes yeah sense. makes sense yeah but uh training is going really freaking well right now yeah strength is up across the board you know the body is growing the glutes are growing i just i feel good and like you know when we very first started with our new home gym i feel like i was in a little bit of a mental funk just like how everyone on the planet probably was you know adjusting to this whole home isolation thing you know and covid 19 and stuff and i'm like man even though we have our own gym this isn't really a gym because jack and i just go into the dining room right and we have to replicate that we have to try to get into that same mindset you know and you know replicate that gym environment and atmosphere but i think we've had it for I think about the atmosphere is better yeah we- we got music. yeah we got the boom we got two dogs you know <laughs> we can train in our underwear if we want you know not that we do well, i don't know jack but <laughs> uh-huh. oh i train bare feet not in my yeah. that would just be uncomfortable well well we take progress photos but yeah it is i think as we've adjusted to it over these past few weeks i think it's gotten a heck of a lot better you know and i am able to get more into that training mindset you know going to the dining room like it's time to train um so yeah it's it's fun i'm enjoying it and i'm just excited to be improving again to be honest like it feels good i love the improvement season i love it just so take, take goddamn six much years, then. six years i know i'll obviously i'll be better if i take six years the next year but, but you just love dude, it i, <laughs> I love everything about this <laughs> everything has their pros and cons but you know, after being in prep for so long, I'm really freaking just soaking this up right now. You know, the strength, the food, the whole shebang. So it's it's good right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to compete as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> Whether it's next year or in 10 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. I might just take another 10 years. Jesus. Like, obviously, dude, you'll be good, but you would, you would have... <laughs> I'll be good, bruh. You'll be great. But remember, the longer that you take off, you know, the more and more competitive it's just going to get. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm not... Obviously, I want to get my pro card, but... And that's what I've set my sights on for either open bodybuilding or classic physique, but... Yeah, all I can do is just do my best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you got to climb the ladder, you know, and you just got to keep actually getting that stage experience too. Yeah, it's important. Mm -hmm. It is. (laughs) 
Okay, to wrap this episode up, we're going to say one thing that we have uh, want to approve upon for the next week. On our other podcast series, we always say one thing that we've learned in the past week, so we're going to mix it up, and I'll let Tierra go first. Ooh, okay, so one thing I want to improve on for this next week, and I think this is cool because it's like an improvement season yeah, podcast. Yeah, so play on words. It's very It cool. is, man. We're all about those improvements, baby. But And then I guess we can report on it next week, and we can tell you guys, like, did I achieve this or not? And so you guys can kind of hold us accountable through this audio. So, hey. Uh, so one thing I want to improve on this next week, uh, something that I've actually started doing, you know, for the past few mornings is I've actually started practicing some yoga. So I've actually been inspired by my client, Macy, and she seems to have inspired all of her friends and everyone who follows her on Instagram. And even a lot of my clients, she's inspired to start doing yoga. But uh, usually in the morning, I usually go for a walk uh, with the dogs before breakfast. But now I've started doing some yoga in the sun, which is just such an amazing way to start the day. And it makes me feel so good, puts me in such a good frame of mind. And it just feels so good to stretch in the morning sun. But yeah, so one thing I want to improve on in this next week is continuing to do yoga every single morning, hold myself accountable and uh, yeah, just improve upon my yogi skills. So that's something for me. The plural of yoga, yogi. Yogi? I don't know, maybe. (laughs) You guys can clarify that for us. I think that's- No, it's not, you just made up a What is it, a yogis? (laughs) I don't know, I don't know why you said yogi. Yogi, yogi, like you're a yogi. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, (laughs) Jack, what do you want to improve on? So I guess, For me, it's going to be pretty easy each week because I can just say any of the lifts that I'll be performing. How simple. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the thing. You got to hit them, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're written down in my log, so they're going to be hit anyway. So uh, let's do on Thursday, I'll be starting off with uh, seated overhead press Mm -hmm. and I want to do 80 kilos for 10 reps today. Epic. Cool. All right. Well, I'll be spotting you. We'll make sure to film it, post it on Instagram and uh Let's improve, man. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All cool. right, guys. To wrap this up, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But if you do want to get in contact with us for coaching, then check out our website, www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com. Dietitians are spelled with a T, not a C, if you're in Australia. And you can find that link in the show notes or on our Instagrams as well. And if you do enjoy this episode, please, uh, it's a very first episode, so please share it, post it to your Instagram stories, tag myself, tag Tierra, tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, should be happy to catch you guys next week again. All right, bye. Bye.